You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. I had a chance to go on Fantasy Football Champs After Dark. A real good friend of mine, Jim, been friends with them for, for years in the fantasy football industry, had me come on and talk bus sleepers and all kinds of good stuff. Here's the footage from that show. Enjoy. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Champs After Dark every Friday night at 10 p.m. I am your host, Jim Day. And don't forget, we are a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Be sure to check us out at FullTimeFantasy.com. But we have a, a special guest that I want to bring in right away. It's a, a longtime friend of mine, somebody that, that I've known in this industry for a very long time. And that's Mr. Smitty. Smitty, how you doing tonight? Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, give, them, give them the lowdown, if they don't know Smitty, what they need to know. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Um, long time, uh, yeah, friend of you. And we've both been, we're kind of dinosaurs in this industry. I've been doing the fantasy football thing for 15 years. The skinny on my background would be, I'm on the world's longest fantasy football radio show. It's been going 23 years. I've been a part of it for 15 um, there's no documentation of anybody on terrestrial radio that we can find that has had a longer show. It's on uh, CBS Sports Radio. We've been on NBC Sports Radio before, but I've uh, been doing that for forever and launched my career basically on that show, dropping bold predictions and doing things and landing those over and over again kind of created a, a, a place for me in the industry. And then I've been doing it ever since. So you can find me over at sleeperu.com and the fantasy football show. And then on YouTube, my new YouTube channel. The fantasy football show. Oh, there you go. And of course, my co-host tonight, Mr. Frank Skindora. Frank, how you doing? Good, Jim. Good. Uh finally back to myself. Uh, I was sick two weeks ago and then last week we had a wedding we had to go to. Um, but glad to be back on the show and, and ready to talk some football. Unfortunately, Andy can't join us tonight. He actually has to work. Uh, you know, that's the life of being a New York City firefighter. Sometimes just has to work on Friday nights, unfortunately for us. But he'll, he most likely will be back next week. Okay, let, let's get into some news. And really, there's only one big piece of news that came out this week. And that's the fact that, you know, Zeke Elliott met with Roger Goodell. And, you know, obviously everybody came to a happy ending and he's not going to get a suspension. So, you know, I, I know that. Smitty, I know you're a big Alvin Kamara guy. I know you have him as your number one running back. Where are you sitting with Zeke? So Zeke's been my 1.02 locked and loaded, uh, you know, up until that incident. But the incident just had me kind of like, you know, worried a little bit. If he got suspended for two, three, four games, you, you didn't know. You knew it'd probably be one or two at a max. But um, so I, it just had me on my heels a little bit, ready to throw, you know, McCaffrey or, or, uh, or, you know, I, I I don't think I would have moved him. I don't think I would have actually moved him down. It would just been like, hey, he's not as close to Kamara as he could have been. So for me, nothing changed once we found out he wasn't going to be suspended. Kamara's been my lock at 1.01, you know, 1,500 total plus yards back-to-back seasons. He's only been in the league two years. He runs 190 to 200 times. That's a recipe for, for staying healthy as a running back, in my opinion. And, you know, 13 to 15 TDs is what you're going to get. I think he approaches 90 receptions this year. So for me, I love Zeke. He's, he was one of the best uh, running backs, if not the best, depending on the, the stats you look at, once they acquired Amari Cooper on. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with either. I love both of them. If I have the 1.01 in two separate drafts and I'm drafting side by side, I may, I may take Zeke in one and Kamara in the other. That's how close they are. Well, I'm going to pass it over to Frank because he's sitting over there pumping his fist saying, ooh, Kamari, yeah, number one, yeah. So tell us, Frank, obviously you agree. Yes. Uh, I think, I mean, Kamara's my 101 overall and Zeke's my 102, just like Smitty. Uh, I'm from New Orleans. I watch Kamara do it every Sunday. We don't have Ingram here. Um, now, we did sign Murray, but that, that I don't think Murray's going to – Ingram – I would say with Ingram and Kamara, it was more like a 60-40 split last year once Ingram came back. And I think this year it's going to be more like a 72-75-30. to 30. 
ish split, 25, 30-ish split. We'll have to work on that math skill. But, right. Uh, well, <laughs> it's going to be somewhere in that range where. See, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm with. not sure I agree with that. And I'll tell you why. Just for what Smitty talked about, the fact that you know they get the production out of him, the efficiency out of him, with only 190 to 200 touches on the ground, they don't really need to give him any more. No, As it, a matter of fact, it's better not to give him more. I love this argument that people have against, you know, our stance of Camara because we're the same. Um, but I love it. It's like, what about Lat Murray, Smitty? And I'm like, what about him? Like, he's he's yeah. a lesser version of 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 Ingram, in my opinion. You can make the argument either way there, but he you want him getting 190 carries. You do not want him getting 225, 230 carries. He is built perfectly for that 190, 200 range that gets him. Seven or eighty to ninety, maybe even a hundred receptions. You don't know he's totally capable of being a hundred reception receiver. The more you give him on the ground, the less receptions he'll have. It's going to wash just fine. And if he takes one or two goal line TDs away from him, big deal. He'll make up for that with the extra 10, 20 receptions that he gets. So I'm. So I did my I did my team projections while uh, the last couple weeks. Um, I've had some downtime without doing the podcast because of being sick and, and everything. So I have Kamara 218 carries for 1,068 yards, 14 touchdowns on the ground. And then I have him for 125 targets with 93 catches for 843 receiving yards and six touchdowns. So that puts him right at about 1,800 yards. It gives him over 400 points, you know. T- totally doable. Oh, absolutely! Especially in this offense this year, I'm not going to argue with with either one of you. Look, I, I put it. I look at it this way: I have four in my top tier running backs. Uh, you know, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, and uh, Christian McCaffrey. See, those Barkley, four, Barkley's everybody's. Uh, just let me one. finish my thought. All right, all right. Um, those four are in my top tier. So you know, I drafted so many drafts that I have a piece of each of them if I get one of those early drafts, and, and that's you know. I try to tell people don't get locked into just one guy. You know, if that's why I like tiers. Um, using tiers, I don't have to feel that I have to draft. In my case, I still have Barkley number one. I think the offensive line is going to be improved. I think the passing game will be okay with the receivers they have. Ingram coming back, Golden Tate there, Sterling Shepard. They'll be okay. I mean, it is what it is. But the offensive line being improved, I think, makes a big play. And I think Barkley still puts up monster numbers just because I think the kid is that good. Um, but the fact of the matter is I have equal shares of Barkley. I have equal shares of all three, all of the other three in all of my leagues. And I don't really have any problem with anybody making a case for any one of those four being number one. Agreed. And, and the one thing I always tell people – for me, if I have to rank them, it's not bumping. I'm not bumping McCaffrey out of my top four. I'm not bumping Barkley out of my top four. Let me make that clear. I'm not calling either one a bus. But when you look at Kamara and now Zeke with the suspension threat gone, they're the only two that don't have really any red flags. And I know you could say McCaffrey is a lock for this, a lock for that. They used Before history is written. It's played before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Him a ton. Yeah, I don't think he's at the point where he's going to get hurt yet. But he was overworked by an, to an extreme degree last year, and. Why fix what isn't broken? Why does he gain this weight? Added weight, sure, might absorb more in the upright position, but you hit gr- the ground o- again and again and again with 10 more pounds, whatever. I don't even know if we know how much he gained weight-wise, but muscle adds, is muscle weighs more than fat. you got to assume he's up a good 10, 15 pounds, and if he's hitting the ground over and over, he's more susceptible to injury. And then Barkley, yeah, I, I agree with you. The numbers will probably be there, but that offense is not going to be what – what I think everybody expects. They're going to have a tough time moving the chains. He's going to have to earn every one of his TDs. He won't be handed a lot of, of, of easy touchdowns. Oh, no, he wasn't handed a lot last year. He still right. did it as a rookie. So, so, so just I think like the only thing that slows him down is injury, and you can say that about any of these guys. True. Just like everybody else, though, like that's the top four, right? So the yeah. difference, though, like Jim, is Barkley is my 103. 
he has more yards in my projections than Kamara does. He just has less touchdowns, which if you look at the offenses is feasible. You know, you, mm-hmm. Kamara had 15 rushing touchdowns last season. I'm not taking anything away from Kamara. No, I know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not. just saying, like, I, I gave, like him, I I gave him 14 <laughs> on the ground. So the difference for me, like, everybody's like, how can you put Kamara first? Well, because I think Kamara's going to have more touchdowns, which gives him more fancy points. So for me, if they're equal in yards, you know, which I have shares of Barkley all over the place like you do because I'm in, you know, I'm not in as many leagues as you, but I'm in about close to 20 now. So I have Barkley, I have a couple Zeke, and I have a couple Kamara. I just started my 67th. You know, Jesus. So, but, and I will say this, Smitty, the Cowboys. Hi, my name is Jim, and I have a problem. I'm an addict. Yeah, you're in a you're in an asylum right now with a backdrop. <laughs> right, you you are. I did 173 last year, Smitty. Well, are are any of those? How many of those are best ball? Because... Oh, a good many. I, okay, okay. I, yeah, there there was only uh, I think 26 full season. Leagues. Okay, that I guess that's what I would count the best. See, ball I don't or... count. Yeah, you can't count the best ball. Why not? That's, that's my favorite part of this whole game. Well, is I drafting. just mean in terms of commitment, you're they're over. Right. The oh time. yeah, no, but that's why I love to draft. So I just keep drafting. But 20, 20 anything over twenty is a lot. Twenty is an addict, an addiction, um, a problem, a divorce. <laughs> Well, actually, if, if you go back to like 2012 through 2014, when I was averaging about 70 full season leagues a year, then people would agree with you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're you're at the point where you're going to get hurt. I think if you keep uh, getting overworked like that. Hey, you know, I I consider it a downtrend from my my old yeah. days. So, uh, no big deal. 26 is easy. I could do 26 in my sleep. <laughs> so we go keep going. Um, so let's talk about. Elliot, I, I mean, you, you mentioned it a little bit before that Elliot definitely, you know, his numbers went up when they got Cooper. It makes total sense. They finally had a receiver yeah. that could take some of the defense away from, you know, filling that box every single time. Plus, they finally realized that they could actually throw him the ball, the idiots. I mean, I never knew why they didn't throw him the ball before that on a more consistent basis, but they finally did that. So I definitely I have no problem with him anywhere and like i said i can make a case for all four of these guys going number one if somebody forces my hand to make a case for him um you know so it really comes down to personal preference things like that um i do think though that murray is going to have enough of a role where he's going to be fantasy relevant i think he's a good running back they're going to need somebody else to carry the ball on other times and i think again in that offense he has a chance to you know be a nice you know flex appeal guy or a guy that could you know, come in on bye weeks and give you something as well. So I'm not, I'm not afraid to take him. You know, later in the draft and give it a shot. I definitely not, not a handcuff type of guy. I don't take him to be a handcuff. Um, I, I just take, take him. I would take him to be both. I take him to be a flex like guy. But I think that as a handcuff, he's a pretty good one because if I don't Kamara like handcuffs. Him, well, I think you either love handcuffs or you don't because yeah. that, that would be a pretty good one if you if you like him. The only guy I really like handcuffing this year is Damian Williams. I really love what he did at the end of last year, but it is still only four games. And then they went out and got Carlos Hyde, who's another running back I do I, like. I think there's a big handful of very capable handcuff situations, in my opinion. And I, I'm more big on that than than most people. So, you know, that's definitely a, a fun topic, though. But, but okay, so we're going to get to that fun topic. Um, you, you alluded to this in an email earlier today. You want... I, I definitely want to talk some of Smitty's sleepers because let's face it, uh, you know that's a big been a big part of your game for years now is coming up with some of these great sleepers and following them to do something good. Okay. But right now, you alluded to it: the fact that you think Gurley is a bust. Now, I, I'll be honest with you; I'm not on the same board with you. So, I want to give you a chance to tell us how you feel about Gurley and why. Well, I think Gurley is one of the best handcuffs in the league. So if you want to handcuff him to Henderson, that's a really good, uh, really good option for you. Um, look, I mean, the bottom line is this: you can. I've been beating this drum since January, and I know I keep saying, "Oh, I've done this more than anybody else." I'm not trying to like brag about sure how you are. I've done things. Okay, maybe a little bit, <laughs> but I've been talking about this since he was a top one to three overall player, taking crap loads of heat left and right, getting blasted all over the place. As I say, this guy is the biggest bust candidate of 2019. Then he falls to the five range. Then he falls to the bottom of the of the first round. Now he's all the way down to the, what, 15 to 18 overall range? Actually, it's been going in the beginning of the third round lately. 
Yeah, but it's funny because that's a trend I predicted from January. I went on and, and said 5,000 times in a row and ring this bell right here 5,000 times or whatever. No Todd Gurley, no Todd Gurley, no Todd Gurley. Um, 5,000 times in a row. It took me an hour and a half as a, one of the things I did to kick off the fantasy football show. So from the beginning of the show's existence, so in January, I've been talking about how this is the biggest risk. Now, not only do they have Daryl Henderson, which I can talk about all day long in a, on a side topic, but before they even drafted Daryl Henderson, you have a lot of deception going on between that coaching staff and, and Todd Gurley. Was he hurt? Was he not hurt? We're going to use him more in the Super Bowl. They didn't. He's not hurt. Now he's hurt. Oh, now he has arthritis. He says he doesn't know where he's going to be six months from now, talking about August, you know, a few months ago. Now he's saying it's a, a small issue. The bottom line is this. We have not seen him return to form since this whole injury has occurred. He has had four elite usage seasons in a row. One of them in 2016, he was absolutely abused. So much so that he was a third round, you know, late second, early third round pick heading into 2017. People thought he was done. And if people thought he was done then, I don't know why it's so hard for people to think he might be done now with arthritis in his knee. You're talking about bone-on-bone -bone type situation somewhere in that knee where there's there's no meniscus or there's the meniscus is getting to the point where it is potentially bone-on-bone. -bone. Inflammation with arthritis to that degree, one that has him limping around on TMZ videos months after the Super Bowl, or at least a good month and a half, I forget how long it was. Um, there's a lot to be concerned about. And it's not just one thing or another. Now you have Daryl Henderson who has, he's the number one running back in college football history in yards per attempt. Number one, since they've started collecting the data 60 something years ago, number one. And he's the most explosive running back in this entire 2019 NFL draft class. That's fact, not opinion, because he had more 20 and 40 plus yard runs than anybody by a lot in the nation. So for me, Daryl Henderson has Alvin Kamara written all over him. I think he's going to be elite. And you have a guy in Todd Gurley who has not shown us he's healthy. We've we've heard nothing but lies basically since the Super Bowl. You tell me how this can end well when he's been limping around. He's not sure where he's going to be. Everything's been in the dark everybody's been in the dark since how can this end well how can this end well for anybody drafting him at value where you still see a mike evans you still see a dalvin cook how i mean how is this a, a, anywhere near a situation people should be going toward well I, i'll tell you how first of all you you talk about kamara being fine with 190 to 200 touches i don't see why Gurley couldn't do the same and i still expect him to get more than that i still expect him to get in that 225 to 250 range they'll you know work it a little better look the, the arthritis came out of nowhere they didn't know it existed until he took that big hit on the knee and it swelled up and then they did the test and realized that they were dealing with an arthritic knee. Um, at this point though, with the knowledge they have in, in medicine and all that, they can work with that. Uh, I'm not saying he, he can't take a big hit on that knee and you know, be out. Absolutely can. But the same could be said for any running back in the league. You take a big hit on that knee, you could be missing the rest of the season. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, I, I think they end up running him just as much um, well, not just as much. I'm sorry. I, I think they definitely take some of those carries away. And Henderson or Brown could be the beneficiary of that. Uh, it, that'll, you know, come to see in training camp because the one thing that will happen is we won't see Gurley in training camp. And that's going to even drive his price even lower. You're going to start to see Gurley falling into the fourth round as people start to panic that he's not on the field, that they can't see him. Henderson is out there, and if he has any kind of a good training camp and looks good on the field, you know, we may see a reversal in draft fortune where Henderson is all of a sudden going well, before then Gurley. It becomes decent value at that point. Sure. Why not have him at a range where you're talking about taking him near other very risky players? But what I've been talking about all offseason is he'll fall to that range because of the risk. But it's not just one hit. It's it's inflammation at any point that you can't predict in a knee of that that degree. Now, we don't know the exact severity of it, but we do know that they're going to hold him out of all of the preseason. They're already deciding that now. Right. We also know that he has been limping around months after the Super Bowl. He's not. He's nowhere near healthy. Now, some people say that was a pimp limp or whatever, and it, it's, you know, you can we watch the video. We just don't know. 
we just you watch the video, but I, given somebody that's had a ton of knee issues, I've had my patellar tendon ripped off my kneecap. I've torn my ACL, my LCL, my P, my uh, LCL, my MCL, and my meniscus. When you have a really bad injury like he did, you're going to develop arthritis most likely in that ACL injured knee. It's pretty inevitable. But but arthritis you can't improve upon. You can only manage and try and keep it at bay. But once it's at that point of inflammation, you can't drag 300-pound linemen on your back. You can't take hit after hit. You might even have inflammation from just cutting left and right and playing a gameplay without without testing the knee. This is almost like a holdout situation where a guy holds out, tries to get thrown to the wolves, and he gets hurt. I see zero, not zero. There is, I would, I would put a lot of money on it if it, if there was a money line on Vegas for how many games he missed. That he's going to miss a significant amount of time and get hurt trying to run on that knee. That he's not going to be prepared to do. It's it's just like it, to me, it's it's like the biggest writing on the wall type situation for the backup running backs. If you want to lump them together, Brown and Henderson, that's gold right there. But that's the problem. You, right now, you got to lump them together. Everybody's assuming it's going to be Henderson. And look, I, I, I think Henderson is the better running back. But you know, we haven't seen him on an NFL field against NFL talent, and we've seen plenty of rookies not get on the field because their pre- pass protection wasn't good enough. You know, multiple reasons why they don't get on the field. So I, I just find it hard to just automatically throw him in and you know guys are now drafting him in the fourth round and to me I, I just unless Gurley misses at least eight games I don't see how and Henderson can pay I, off I, in a fourth I, round pick I think that that as I've said since January layers of this onion will be peeled back little by little now it's gone back in a, a more you could say positive direction because Gurley went out he went. He he came out and said that it's a small thing. He's dealt with bigger or whatever. That kind of puts some of the girly believers like in full force. Like he's back mode, and so his ADP has been kind of steadily climbing or staying the same versus continuing to fall. Actually, I've but, been well. Okay, I, I got to disagree with you because in the FFWC drafts that I've been watching, he he is continuously starting to fall now into the third he, round. He I did a couple of expert Instagram leagues. He went in the the high second round. So. It depends. If you were in a league with me, I'd take him in the high second round. Yeah. So, so <laughs> again, yeah. So it depends on the league circles you're in or whatever. But in in general, I would say you're either going to find him still in the second round, not in the third yet, on average. Maybe in the leagues that you're doing there. Um, but the the leagues I'm doing, and he's going in the second. And uh, I I don't know, man. I I'll I'll continue to beat this like a dead horse over and over because you won't see Gurley probably fall to me at a range where. Uh, I'm going to take him because I'm going to let him be someone else's problem to the point where, you know, he's, he's getting taken away before I'm willing to do it. And I'm taking Henderson everywhere I can. And I have confidence that this is going to be a win a league situation now where you win your fantasy league because you have Henderson on your bench, similar to James Connor last year, my number two bold prediction. I beat that like a, a dead horse. Same with uh, uh, Pat Mahomes. He was my number one. These were crazy then too. So I'm used to it sounding crazy to people. And at some point you do have to bank on people we haven't seen the evidence for. There's gut instinct, there's film, there's stats. There's Daryl Henderson being the number one running back in college football history. Yards per touch. There's a lot going in favor of him, not just gut instinct. But when you mix the facts and the stats with that gut instinct that I have, I feel like I can really hone in on a breakout potential uh, potential breakout candidate and hitting those more often than not. And that's how I come up with some of these sleepers and the bull predictions is putting all those components together and Henderson screaming breakout. Just I, I, I get what you're saying, but where do you have him ranked currently in your rankings? So uh, I, I think that it depends again on the, you're saying fourth round. I, I, he's not going on the fourth round in any drafts that I'm doing, and I'm doing a ton of drafts. So we, we must be drafting in different circles that have different ADPs, but in general, you can get him in the sixth round in a redraft league. Now, a dynasty league, uh, his value could be in the fourth round. So if you're talking dynasty, I could see that. And I would take him where I get to a point in a draft, especially in dynasty, where I don't feel like the guys are super, super solid. I feel like it's time to say, hey, is it worth, can I live without this guy? And so in the sixth round, I feel that way in redraft. I feel like I can take or leave these guys. I could take a guy one or two rounds below to fill into my lineup and make sure that I get Henderson. So I'll take Henderson all day at the top of the six because that is a bold prediction that won't make or break. It won't break your season, but it will it will make your season. Um, I've had people say, Smitty, if you're wrong about this, you're going to ruin a lot of leagues. 
No, I'm not. Because where I'm telling people to pass on Todd Gurley, you're taking a very safe player that can be just as good than a limited Todd Gurley. You're not missing anything if you land your player. And I'm not making anybody miss a league telling them to, to grab Henderson in the sixth round because those players are sketchy at best in that range. You can get a good player, but you could also find like a Landry. You might like Landry. I can see somebody saying, oh, I'd rather have Landry in my lineup than Henderson on my bench. Well, I look at it like I'd rather take a player a round or two later, shove them into my lineup and have Henderson in waiting uh, a diamond in the rough. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I build my teams. Frank, any thoughts? So, Smitty, it's almost like we're the exact same person because, <laughs> like, uh, since February, I went on the back row fantasy show in February, and I said that Gurley was going to be a bust this year. Um, he's my RB21 in my rankings. Um, <laughs> I, I I totally believe that his knee's problem is, is is bigger than everybody's leading on to be. You don't You don't match the offer sheet for Malcolm Brown. And then you don't trade up and draft Henderson if you don't if you're not worried about Gurley's knees. Well, wait, I disagree with both of those things. First of all, they got Malcolm Brown at a good price. Why not bring him back? They still like the guy. They think he's a talented running back. And to go grab a, a good running back, it makes all the sense Jim. in the world. Let's let's face it. Gurley has had a lot of usage. Absolutely, I grant, grant you that. If he does break down, then it's the smartest move in the world for them to grab him. So, you know, none of that really affects how I look at Gurley this year. I'm not There's talking little... about him in a dynasty, but this year I think Gurley is still going to be a top-producing running back, and I just can't get off of that. I, 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 predict, I predict that he – this is my – this is okay, this is a bold take. This isn't my saying this will 100% happen. If I'm wrong, throw me to the wolves or whatever. But I predict that he won't be ready for week one, and I think that evidence will come out, like I said, the layers of that onion being peeled back. There are some rumors about them maybe even looking at other running backs right now. Um, we'll see how that's been some chatter. We'll see if that has any concrete evidence at all. But I'm just saying that that they're more worried behind closed doors than we think. And Henderson was proof. Yeah, of but that you my, think they're more worried about it? We're not I, sure. I'm I'm not sure, but I can tell you that if his knee is even remotely as bad as we think it is, as I think it is, his knee will not hold up under the grind and usage of a running back that gets the kind of work that he gets, that carries the kind of people on his back, he won't hold up. There's no way that knee can hold up if he has severe arthritis in there. Yeah, now, but that, we don't know if it's severe yet. That's what I'm trying to say. We don't but, know the level okay, of the so arthritis. This is, this There's is many how, different levels of okay, arthritis. This, this is how I analyze something and take the risk that I might be wrong in my assessment that it is wrong. This is how I go about it. So if we had it. We if we had seen him bounce back, like in the case of Dalvin Cook, very injury prone person. I see people throw that in my face a lot. Like, hey, well, you like Dalvin Cook? How come you don't like Todd Gurley? We've seen Dalvin Cook bounce back. At the end of the year, he looked like his old self. He also had an injury. He's also very younger. Younger. He's much younger, but he's he's recovered from that injury. So if, if Todd Gurley had shown us any sign that he had recovered, if he had not struggled months later walking around on the street, if they weren't so deceptive about it. All of those things together, that makes me believe that the, the suspicion I have is correct. And I'm willing to bank on that. And all of the, the red flags together allow me to say, I'm willing to take the risk that I could be wrong about the severity. But again, it's all about writing on the wall for me. All of these things together uh, and the fact that that they went up, they drafted up to get Henderson, the fact that he is one of the most home run hitting backs in college football and the fact that Gurley hasn't had the, if you look at the numbers, the the breakaway runs that he used to have, the big plays that he used to have. He well, is, no, I, I got it. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, look, 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 okay, let's take a step back. If you look at last year, he had five games with under 20 touches. Five. And they were all in the last eight games of the season, okay? Of the last eight games he played. In those eight games even though five of them were under 20 touches, he still averaged over 26 fantasy points a game and was still the number two running back in the league over that span. The scoring was there for him. And if you put someone like Henderson in there, he would have he would have scored the same, if not more. I, I firmly believe that. And I could be called crazy that uh, for that. 
And I, well, I mean, you could be both, called crazy for a lot of things, but yeah, but Camaro <laughs> was my number five bold prediction his rookie year. And I said he'd be a top one to five running back. And I forget who the running back I named him to be comparable to, but I God, I wish who it was. But I was told, you can't compare a guy that's never played a down. Yes, I can. I do it all the time. And I'll continue to do it. That Daryl Henderson's the next Alvin Kamara. I'll say that even if I haven't seen him play an NFL staff. Smitty, I, so we just met tonight. And I don't know if you know how I came about. But I started all this on myself on Twitter by doing hot takes. Okay. No, I, I – Like, I, uh, you know, I, I dubbed myself the hot take guru and – Everybody knows me as Fuego Flank because I, I spit fire. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I do. So everything you're saying, I've, I've believed since day one about Todd Gurley. Nice. I think Daryl Henderson is going to be a very good running back in the NFL. I think there's I a reason. I either. I li- I like there's a guy. reason they traded up for him. And Gurley, y- you don't spend the whole offseason and whole season going trying to, to win a Super Bowl and then get to the Super Bowl and not use him if there's not something seriously wrong. Yeah, but again, wait, 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 wait. Okay, again, I'm so tired of that argument because that argument doesn't hold water. They didn't know he had arthritis up to that point. They, knew he, knee, told- they knew he had a knee injury, though. But he's, they yeah, right. They, they, he's had knee injuries before. This, you know, he's coming off the torn ACL he had to deal with. So this is nothing new. They you know, knew arthritis, yeah, but- arthritis is very common in a torn an ACL. I, I totally agree. So, I've done it. I have sure it. I understand. <laughs> but I'm. They didn't at that point. They didn't know it was there. An injury, an injury prone player holding out and coming in is is like it's inevitable for them to to look be looking at a high percentage of of getting hurt if you hold out. This is going to be like a holdout situation with one of the guys that has the most concerning knees in the NFL. He's not going to play any preseason. He's going to go out and take hits on his knee, and people are going to target that knee because this is the NFL. He is not going to stay healthy. There is just I, I almost want to put a 0% chance on it, but I know I can't. I know I can't say that, but I almost want to because with him not playing any preseason football, not showing us he's ever returned to form and having one of the most aggressive volumes of usage over a four-year span, players fall off the face of the earth after five years. Look at Sean Alexander, five years completely fell off the face of the earth. Larry Johnson, two years. Uh, Priest Holmes, he had the rookie year. Then he had like a, a injury hiatus. Five years. Todd Gurley with arthritis, with the severe, the likely severity, the, the likelihood that he has severe arthritis in his knee, which is what I'm predicting, mixed with the fact that he has had four of those years. You're telling me this is the one year where he has the one last hurrah the one last year with that knee injury, he's going to have that one more elite season because he's probably only got one at best if he was healthy because that's the trajectory of a running back. Five years, boom, you're done at that usage. There's just no running backs anymore that can run for a six year. So to predict – Unless their name is Frank Gore or Adrian Peterson. Well, yeah, you could use AP. I don't know if I'd say Frank Gore has been elite, but but Frank. Well, I'm Gore's not saying a, he's been elite, but he's been a, a heavily utilized guy even at 35. So Frank Gore is a weird case because yeah, he is. A weird I've been case. predicting injury for him for about I don't know, <laughs> seven years now. <laughs> he, he's a monster. That boy is just a monster. If you want, can't my, call him my, a boy. If you want I my mean, kryptonite on on missing on a bull, on a, an injury prediction is Frank Gore because Frank Gore won't go away. Yeah, he just um, won't. But as I, much I just, as the other running backs want him to go, away. watch him yeah. lead that backfield this year and, <laughs> and carries and, and yard to touchdown. Yeah. So I, I went out and I think it was March. I did a, a video. I think it was March. And I said, Henderson would outscore Gurley and you should see the comments on, on that sucker. Um, but I stand behind that Daryl Henderson. I, I have no question about it. It's not a hot take to me. This is like, like I said, Gurley's one going to be one of the, the handcuffs that you have. <laughs> I think Daryl Henderson outscores Gurley and that's not even a question. Wow, there you go. That's a bold pick. You are known for those bold picks. I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I think people are wow. panicking just a little bit too much. But we shall see. That's the great thing about this. Right now, none of us are wrong. Well, I do <laughs> I do like that I was so wrong in January because I said he, he was a bust when he was a top three. I like that I was still pretty pretty wrong in February. I like in March. I like how it's gotten a little less crazy. And now <laughs> it's not, hey, Smitty, you were right. I get no pats on the back. No cookies, no nothing waiting for me for my predicting of his decline in ADP. All I have now are the people left over that say, you're still wrong. He's not going to bust. He's a great value in the second and third round. Well, what happened to where the all the hate I got when I said he would fall into the second round? 
you know, it's just you're like, never gonna get you're never gonna get a pat oh, on right. the back. You're just gonna get the guy from 2011 that was like, well, you said Frank Gore was gonna get injured yeah. that year, and for I mean not to draft him, and then it cost me my championship. Yeah, no, I, That's I the see. only people you get that come back to you. Now yeah, you had I, mentioned I, before that it, that you know the whole thing with with Connor and Henderson, you know, that same type of vibe. Uh, and I look, I was with you with Connor last year. If you go back to the preseason uh, on the FNTSY show, you'll hear me say a million times that I didn't think Bell was going to sign before week 10 and that Connor was to play. Oh, I, I thought it all preseason. Yeah. I, I, I figured for sure that Bell was going to sit out till week 10. At that point, we were told that he would have to come back in week 10 to at least accrue the season so he could be free after that. But then, of course, we found out that it wasn't the case and he sat out the whole year. But, you know, you didn't have to pay even a fourth, fifth, sixth rounder for Connor. When you drafted him last year, you could still get him much later than that. And because you most people have, weren't buying into that. And you don't have to pay that kind of price tag for Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell, which is the same recipe, same for, formula, same story, I think, a little bit differently told because we don't have a holdout situation. But to bring up Connor, he's he was he's lowering, he's falling in ADP again, something that I said would happen. Um, but he's well, he, a top seven to ten overall player, which was asinine, given that there's so many red flags, just like with with Todd Gurley surrounding James Conner. And he well, was okay, wait, wait, what did you name some of those red flags you talk about? I think his his ADP dropped because he opened his stupid mouth and said, "Oh yeah, we're going to spread the ball out to all the running backs," and everybody just panicked that he wasn't going to be the bell cow. Well, you know what? That offense uses a bell cow. They don't use multiple backs. They use one guy, and that one guy is going to be James Conner. I don't see, you know, everybody panicking over him saying, oh, we're going to spread the ball out to all the running backs. Who cares what he says? He doesn't again, know a damn thing. Again, it comes down to multiple components of, of trying to get something like this right. The gut instinct part is not enough. You're going to miss half the time on that. And, and for me, I have a lot of gut instinct on him busting, but the – the facts are the red flags are he broke down at a certain point last year. And I, I remember more than anybody, cause I have an ask Smitty feature and I got email after email for multiple weeks in a row going, Smitty, do I need to cut bait? Should I trade him for this garbage player? I'm like, no, you know, even then I'm like, no, hang on to him. Don't trade him for trash. I had people freaking out for multiple weeks cause he hit a wall. Then he got hurt and he, he broke down. Now. Yeah. One of those things by themselves isn't going to make me run for the Hills, but the fact that Samuels looked so amazing when he was in there, the fact that I actually coined or, or paired the two together in my bull prediction last year as being a duo you need to have you need to have together because Samuels is just as good as Connor and he's a better wide receiver. And he proved that in college. And his college coach from NC State, Eddie Faulkner, is now the Steelers running backs coach. So you have that component in there, a rapport between coach and player. And Faulkner used him all over the field, so much so that Samuels was tight and eligible in his rookie year last year on in Yahoo League. So if anybody thinks that Faulkner, his old former college coach that's now the Steelers running back coach, isn't going to shove Samuels out there all over the field, even on passing downs, which would be good, they'd both be on the field, but that's going to give him time to shine. And if Connor can't stay healthy, which is one of my predictions here, Samuels will grab the job and, and run with it. But Snell is very talented too. So you need to have the duo together. But my play is, and it's been since Connor was a top seven pick, top seven to 10, which is risky as hell. Pass, take a safer player, grab if your rosters are deep and you can hold running backs like this. If you're in a Yahoo league with five roster spots on a running back, you can't. But you have no business drafting Connor anyways because you can't back him up in a Yahoo league. But my play has been and still is take a safer player with your place where you're going to you're going to take Connor, grab both the backups, you have yourself a sleeping giant running back in Snell and Samuels. Okay, now wait, you're talking about taking a safer running back. Well, all the running backs in okay. that round 2 range. Okay, you're not talking running backs, you're talking players. Okay, I get yeah. that. Um I could see that with the wide receivers, but almost all of the running backs that fall in that you know, round 2, early round 3 range have red flags. Um, you talked about Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook, but it's obvious he has a red flag. You know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy in the two years he's been here. Um, granted, he looked good at the end of the season, 
but he still hasn't been able to stay on the field uh, for 16 games or even close to it yet. So that's a red flag. Fournette, the same thing. Um, you know, all of these guys, Damian Williams, can he do more than, you know, four games, six games? Can he last long enough to keep that job? You know, that's going to be a question. All of those guys have question marks. Even Joe Mixon had to deal with injuries last year. They, they, you know, drafted the right tackle that I uh, left tackle that was supposed to be the, the guy there and he's out for the season already. You know, yeah. I, I yeah, so there, there's so many question marks in those in that round of running backs that I'm almost finding myself wanting to get out of that round, take a safe wide receiver, maybe even a tight end there, and go into you know the third and fourth range and go for somebody like a Jacobs or a Montgomery or like somebody that like that. I like that thinking, and, and a zero running back approach, or at least a partial zero running back approach, is warranted. Get yourself a, a Montgomery as you're starting running back, your number one running back, load up on Mike Evans and, uh, you know, Hopkins. That is a recipe, I think, for domination. Or take a Kittle in the third round and start grabbing, if Aaron Jones, you're so lucky to get him in the fourth round, that's a great way to build a cheap running back stable while going wide receiver, wide receiver, George Kittle, or wide receiver, wide receiver, Pat Mahomes, if you like that play. Not everybody does, but that is a good way to win a league. Uh, I'm all about trying all these different strategies. There's not one way to win. Um, I do zero running back. I do zero wide receiver. I do balanced approaches. I do whatever, especially if I'm in an auction and I can control my own destiny. Um, but my biggest thing is best player available, and I don't feel like Connor is. I don't feel like Mixon is. I don't feel like Gurley is at any of the places you're going to find them. Okay, let me ask you another one. How do you feel about Le'Veon Bell this year? Because it's definitely one side or the other with Bell. Either you love him or, or you don't. Again, uh, which way do you fall on, on Bell's side? I'll put it this way. I wouldn't take him in multiple leagues because I wouldn't feel like that was worth the risk. I feel like there is significant risk there. But I think he also has top five running back appeal still. So if you can get him at like nine or ten, um, I'm, it's worth owning some shares in 2019, but just an unlimited amount just to make sure you're not burning down the house in all your leagues. But, I, I mean, he's he's going to get less receptions than any of us are used to because, what, their number one wide receiver last year was like 50 receptions, I believe, was a Robbie yeah, Anderson. Robbie Anderson, I mean, yeah. so you got to think he's at a max of 50 <laughs> receptions. Um, who knows? Maybe, you know, Darnold takes a step forward. I don't think he will. I'm not super big on that Jets offense, but in the right spot, I'd take him. Because I think his floor and the risk is kind of – it's right there. I don't think it's a great value, but I think it's about right. So that means he's neither home run or like super, super big risk. He's just about right, which isn't normally what I draft. So you might see me take a Hopkins or a, an Adams or a Mike Thomas even who falls sometimes to the second, which is crazy to me. But those guys feel like they have a little bit more bang for the buck. That's kind of how I feel about, about it. I'm indifferent. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Look, I'm, I keep thinking about it. Look, Connor last year before he broke down, and he did break down. He hadn't had that kind of usage in a while, and he did break down. I'll grant you that. But up until that point, his numbers across the board were better than Le'Veon Bell's were in any season he was with the uh, Steelers. His numbers were better. Uh, every Every which way his numbers were better. So now, you know, you got Bell going to the Jets, with a, a, a bad offensive line that doesn't won't allow him to dance behind it because they won't give him the time. So he's going to have to kind of change his running style to where he hit he's hitting holes much quicker and much more decisively than he ever did with Pittsburgh. Uh, he doesn't have the Pro Bowl quarterback. He doesn't have the Pro Bowl wide receiver. He just basically doesn't have any of the tools around him. And now he's got an offensive coach, head coach, who you know probably runs one of the fewest – number of plays in a game in the league. And I just I can't I can't get behind Le'Veon Bell anywhere in the first. I, I know he has that upside if everything clicks. I just think there's just too many things that could go against him that there's no way I could take him. What do you think, Frank? Round. What do you where are you at on Bell? So one of my hot takes that I did before the season back in in the beginning of May was that Le'Veon Bell won't have eight hundred all purpose yards. But <laughs> <laughs> so okay now see wait wait you know there there's hot, hot takes and then there's just trying to get your name out there and hopefully you hit on one of them and then you know for the rest of the season or into next year hey i hit on that guy 
Uh, meanwhile, you're not talking about the well, other he, 82 you have to be hot takes, then, right, Frank? Yes. Okay, so he's predicting injury more so than the 800 yards. That's what I. That's what I would leave with. That way, you got guys. <laughs> yeah, it makes a little not, bit more sense. Not, I mean, Smitty with the time, save. When's the last time we've seen him play a whole season? He sat out all last year. He's he's been smoking weed because he's taking pictures of it on okay, Instagram. So, but you know that's I mean? good for his body. Now, I have no problem with that. that. I, I almost didn't say this because I usually don't say this in public because I feel like people take it the right way. But am I the only one that has crossed my mind that he was planning to go to come back? But because he does kind of lean toward the side of doing some extracurricular activities, did do you think that somebody he thought at some point he might fail a test, so he just stayed out of it Absolutely. for some reason? No, no. See, I, I, I don't. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Um, at, at the time, we were all being told that he had to come back in week ten to get that accrued season. We were all being told that. It wasn't until like a week before that that all of a sudden somebody came out and said, "Oh, whoa, 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 hold on." He, he doesn't have to come back in week 10 to get this accrued season for whatever reason. It's already accrued. He's good to go uh, even if he doesn't play. And at that point, he said, well, why the hell am I going to step on the field then? It doesn't make any sense if I got to step on the field when I'm trying to but, play no, for a big contract next year. He, part of me wonders if he did this in the beginning. Because oh, no, that. no, I'm not saying it, it can't be. You know, absolutely. It just absolutely could be. Yeah, right. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Well, you're talking yeah. about You're talking about in training camp. Yeah, like he, it, he it, would be a good way out. it would be a good way out. You would avoid that year-long oh, yeah. ban. And, you know, I, even before that, I just thought he was going to sit out week 10. I even think just he to, was. Just to really spite the team. He had the same intent. <laughs> I, I think he still had the same mindset as we all did, that he could come back week 10. And then when he realized, like, he was sitting there one day smoking on his couch, he's like, shit, it's week eight. I'm not going to be able to pass this test in a week and a half. Like, Oh, uh, there's so many. Back. There's so many ways to pass those tests, this and those guys know them all. This is unconfirmed uh, speculation, but uh, yeah, well, it just crossed my mind. I usually don't bring it up because I feel like it, it sounds like an X file uh, <laughs> type thinking. You know, straight out. Hey, of no, you no, know, hey, anything is possible. You know, these guys are all human beings, and you know, we're we're coming to, to find out that. You know, finally, the NFL is starting to at least discuss the possibility that, you know, players smoking marijuana isn't bad for them. Uh, you know, hey, look, I, I tend to agree. I'd much Speaking rather them smoke marijuana than drink alcohol and do stupid stuff. There was a, one other player in the news recently. So speaking of of people that just can't stay out of trouble, Kareem Hunt, what is your take on oh, yeah. on the Nick Chubb, you know, rise in ADP? Do you guys like Nick Chubb at his current, you know, what, high second ADP Breaching maybe the t- bottom of the first round by August. No, no but because I'm, no matter what, if I'm in the if I'm in drafting and I have a top four pick, I'm taking one of the running backs. If I don't, I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver in the first two rounds. See, like, I, I don't like I don't like and I don't like getting into that thinking where uh, oh I'm going to do this. Yeah, because every draft is different. You got to be fluid. I, I tried. This is what I try to impart to everybody. Don't go in with the mindset that you know after the first three rounds I have to have two running backs and one wide receiver. Because if that isn't the right move when it comes yep. time for you for you to draft, you're you shouldn't that, make that. You're forgetting that we're that I know Frank. Okay, so I'm telling. I'm going to tell you what Frank's thinking. Frank is thinking <laughs> that there is no running back that that competes with any of the wide receivers he likes. There. No, so Frank, I got yeah. you. I don't. I mean, <laughs> Frank doesn't between, need to speak. Tell you what between Frank's Adams, or between Hopkins, Adams, Thomas, Juju, Evans. Uh, so you have no concern over Juju with the fact of he's now going to be the true number one and probably facing harder defenses. No, absolutely not. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I have a little hesitation. I, I have. He's not in those same tier as those guys for me. Oh, one more note on on Harry. Harry's. Uh, I'm Harry. Sorry, I was thinking Nikhil here at the moment. We can oh, talk man. about him too. Uh, but Henderson, uh, there's an interesting uh, information out there on his 40 time that the 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 equipment they used during his 40 had a malfunction. And there are multiple scouts, not one, like three or more that say that he clocked a 4-3-7. So there's another little bit of information there about, about uh, Henderson that I think people – are overlooking how quick this guy is. So oh, no, speaking I, again, I I have nothing against Henderson. I thought Henderson I was to great in college. It, uh, it's and, one of the only things I talk about, so I just had to head back in that direction. <laughs> so speaking of Harry, I saw a tweet the other day, and it said that everybody's comp- like worried because Harry's struggling against in practice because he's going against Gilmore. 
But Goff, Mahomes, and I don't remember who they played the round before in the first round of the playoffs. But they said the three quarterbacks that the Patriots faced only targeted Gilmore 13 times total. So maybe we shouldn't be worried that Harry's like struggling. And I came out in January. I got it up on the uh, – I, I would move my camera right now, but on one of my signs I put bold. I, I did a sketch of them, a hand-drawn hand sketch by me. Put it on the sign, and I, I did an unboxing of the sign when it came in. I put the video up and said this will be my scarlet letter all year if I'm wrong. It's going to be on my wall in my studio all year. That Nikhil Harry would be a top one to four overall wide receiver within uh, one to two years, meaning that – Entering his third year, he will be that good. I think Nikhil Harry is the real deal, the next top four wide receiver. I, I like Nikhil Harry, too. I, I don't think it happens quite so fast this year, but I definitely yeah. like him one going to three. forward one big to, time. Yeah. One to two years, meaning his yeah, third year. I, I agree with you. I think he's the most pro-ready. Uh, right behind him, though, really close for me was A.J. Brown. Unfortunately, the landing spot wasn't quite so good. That's a, that's a situation where – But the, yeah, the problem we have with Harry, though – is how much longer does Brady hold on? Um, well, you know, I mean, if they win another one, do you think he wants to come back again? Yeah, but, yeah, but if Harry, if Harry's that good, he can be quarterback proof, just like Hopkins is. Yeah, Hopkins I mean, is look, at, look at Calvin Johnson. Look at yeah, Hopkins before Watson. The 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 truly elite like Calvin Johnson, they can survive and they'll make the. Oh no, no, yeah, I'm not saying he can't survive. I'm just yeah. wondering if he can really thrive. But if the hoodie yeah. stays, we don't know if he would. But if the hoodie was there, I believe in his talent. You know, uh, if the hoodie it, stays, it, I agree. You know, it, I, it, the man is definitely the best coach in the game. Stidham is a kind of a underrated QB that they drafted. Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. He, he has a lot of the qualities that Tom Brady had when he came out of college. Kind of unknown. Passes very similar. Uh, I think they could develop him into a, a pretty good quarterback if the hoodie stays and helps develop him. But yeah, I'm not too worried about things that are that far down the road. I think you missed the boat when you start worrying about, okay, well, what happens two years? It could be now, two, two years now, but you're saying a, a window of one to three. If that yeah. happens in two, it would affect that window. It, it it could, but he could also be, like Frank said, in a position where he's literally, you know, able to produce numbers no matter who's throwing him the ball. And if if look at Kyler Murray, how easy it was. The NFL is I feel like fantasy football analysts, especially ones that have been around like we have forever, would be such an asset to draft scouting, like Moneyball, how ridiculous that sounded when it when it you know went down. I think that it's so easy to go change your franchise and draft picks are valued so strangely that look what you can do. If you really want to, you can go get a Kyler Murray change your organization forever. And I think Arizona will do that. And I'm not biased to AC because I'm in Arizona. Um, I'm very pessimistic of the Cardinals a lot of the time, but look how quickly they change directions, which gives me hope for like AJ Brown because his situation sucks. But a team could go ahead and, and make a move like that at any time. So if they feel like, hey, and New England feels like that kind of team, we've got Harry, we've got Damian Harris, who's a whole nother topic. I love Damian Harris this year. And we have this this awesome core here. Let's go get ourselves a QB. They're the kind of teams that would that would go do that. And okay, I think- so and I, I agree. I, I mean, it, hopefully that works out all those ways. I, I do. I like Harry as well. I like AJ Brown. Hopefully it works out the way we hope. Um, but we're, we're running out of time. We, we didn't even cover half the stuff in the show sheet. Uh, but we're running out of time. And I got to ask you, outside of any of the people we've talked about, who is the one sleeper that you're absolutely in love with that we haven't discussed so far? Okay, let me let me rack my brain here and then actually pull up my bull predictions and decide which one I'm going to give out here because this is the premium content. Oh, Smitty's um, premiums. <laughs> hey, he's not kidding. He, he's done a good job of selecting sleepers. That's how he got his name. Let's see. I'll say this. I'll say that Calvin Ridley is going to be – there's going to be a changing of the guard happening before people really see this coming and, and expect it coming. Julio's got the foot. That's always a concern. Yeah, he's probably going to be elite this year. I'm not saying Julio won't be, but by the end of the year – I think we very well could be talking about Calvin Ridley like we're talking about Juju this year. If you forget already, because a lot of people have short memories, uh, Juju was like a 
looking at the board here because I have a mock draft up here from February. I keep it up here. I did it on my live 24-hour live stream um, when I kicked off the fantasy football show. Did a 24-hour live stream. Were you there, Jim? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I absolutely did. Okay, so I was on for 24 straight hours. We did a mock draft. I've kept it on this board because it's fun to reflect back on. But I got a marker board, and Juju went – where did he go? Forgive me. I'm trying to find him. Uh, I think it was the – oh, he went super high on that one. That, never mind. That's a bad example. Because <laughs> 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 I dropped him with my sleeper you people, and they dropped him pretty high. Don't worry. Um, we can edit that Juju, out the, the one other people listen to it later. The live yeah, that, was, that wasn't dramatic. Was it? Yeah. But Juju was going at like the tail end of the second round at, at the very highest when Antonio Brown was still on the roster. So it's very easy to say, oh, right now that can't happen or Calvin Ridley can't be that good. But Calvin Ridley to me is special. And I think we see him rise up and become one of those guys that you start talking about around the, you know, next year, the, I don't know, around the Julio range, but maybe like I'd say the sec late second round, early third round, he's already going really high. Uh, higher than I ever expected people to like kind of, you know. They look I, at that, those 10 touchdowns and that, you know. Yeah, and, and, and that, he's that so capable of scoring TDs. He's such an explosive playmaker. Um, we're going to see him get better too, but that's one of my favorites. Uh, I think the Browns are going to do awesome. I've got my Super Bowl uh, prediction ticket right here um, that the Browns will win the Super Bowl. I don't know that they'll win it. I think that they'll do pretty well. Um, I think Mayfield's going to have a big year. Um, I've got a lot of stuff on my bold predictions that I'd like to reveal, but I think I'll hold back and, and leave you with those nuggets because Henderson's on there. Um, I've already dished out a few of them already. So, fair enough. That, you know, that's uh, that's why we you know like to have guests on the show talk about different things like that and get their takes. You know, that's how it works. Um, of course, folks, you are listening to the Fantasy Football Champs After Dark. Uh, we're just about done here. Smitty, why don't you tell everybody where you can, they can find you? And, and again, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it muchly. Yeah, first and foremost, youtube.com slash thefantasyfootballshow. Um, you can also go to thefantasyfootballshow.com or sleeperu.com. Sleeperu.com is where all my bold predictions, the rankings, stuff like this, you'll, you'll find all that there. But definitely subscribe to me on YouTube and on Instagram. Same username, The Fantasy Football Show. You can find me at both Instagram and YouTube at that handle. But, uh, yeah, you'll see me all over YouTube with the Todd Gurley stuff, the, the Connor stuff, the Henderson stuff. I've got even that little Christmas story that I tell in front of the fireplace. I don't know if you've seen that yet, Jim, but I do. Oh, a I nice think I missed little, that one. I do a nice little uh, storytelling time about how Daryl Henderson ruined Todd Gurley's Christmas. Um, <laughs> the night, tis the night before Christmas and all through the house. Uh, little story that I, I tell. It's it's a pretty good one. But uh, look at that on YouTube. You'll like it. It's on my last. I think it's on the end of my last video. I put it every once in a while. At that, I'll at have the, to take a look at that. I, I miss that one totally. Yeah. Um, Frank, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, buddy. Where are you hot taking, Frank? So uh, you can find me at uh, or at dhh underscore Frank. Um, and Smitty, since you're here and and you built yourself off the bull takes, I'll leave you with one more. Uh, Robert Foster will be a wide receiver uh, too this year. I he's, believe in him. You know, I think up. he's got a good repert uh, repertoire with, with Josh Allen Rapport. last year. Rapport, Rapport. <laughs> sure, whatever with Josh oh, Allen last year. Um, you know, and I think uh, the he he's one of my hot take my bold predictions this year. He's uh, on my bold predictions list, and I didn't mention him. So again, we are we're twinsies here. We but, are. Uh, I guess I have to come on the fantasy football show and, and we'll we'll talk without Jim and we can just Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. You two guys just agreeing on everything back. <laughs> that'd be loads of fun. Everybody wants to hear that. Um <laughs> Smitty, I, I want to talk about this virtual fantasy summit you have coming up. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about it, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, what's going on with it? Yeah, I'll have a, a link um for you soon uh, when we have that up and ready to go. We're, we're going to be plugging it hardcore on Instagram. So if you're following me at the Fantasy Football Show or any of my platforms, we'll have a link really soon for that 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 uh, seat. You can buy seats for it now, but it's a virtual summit. We're getting together some of the best fantasy football writers and sites and having them come together and talk dynasty and provide everybody tips, uh, tricks. How do you build the best dynasty roster? How do you evaluate players? What's the best way to go about trading? How do you plan ahead to make your dynasty roster flourish for years and years and, and make sure you're making the right decisions at the right time? 
And uh, I think I'm, we're going to talk after this about getting you probably in there as a speaker. If you yeah, want, I did get an invite on Twitter. Yeah. So I told yeah. him I would talk to you tonight about it and get yeah. a little bit more info. So we have um, a Harris football. We have a, a bunch of pretty, pretty well-known names uh, speaking. And then of course I'm, I'm going to be speaking as well. And I'm kind of hosting the summit, but uh, it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be something that we plan to replicate in August for a redraft type of summit, but it's just an awesome way for people to gain a ton, ton of knowledge. It's like going to like a fantasy football camp over the course of like two days and just jumping in and out of guest speakers that are coming in. And uh, I'll be doing some of the interviewing of some of the, the speakers and then uh, partner, uh, Kerry Duke, who's running the summit uh, for me. He is, uh, he's going to do a lot of the interviews as well. Yeah. I look forward to that. That sounds interesting. You know, we seem to be seeing more and more of these kinds of things and you know, it, it never hurts. It absolutely never hurts. You get different, looks and different feels from different analysts. You can really get an idea of different ways to attack this game that we all love. So I, I kind of like these things a lot, um, you know, and more than likely I, I'll say yes, but I've got to get more info on when and all that good so, stuff. So yeah. Smitty, is it like you almost, you pay for, I don't know, I'm throwing a random number, but say you pay $10 and then you got like a login. And so you can just, if you're doing it for 48 hours with all these different guests and stuff, you just, Log in when you get a chance and listen to, or, you know, log in when you see who's supposed to be coming up. Is that? Yeah. Good question. So it is $10 actually to, to get in and then to have like an on-demand access, there'll be some upgrade features where you can like come back. And, and if you missed a speaker, cause it's all going to be played in, in, in sequence, right. you know, so you can't, if you missed one, you missed one, but you can upgrade to try and go back and check out what anybody said in, in the past, or if you want to have access to that content later on. Um, but yeah, it'll be 10 bucks to get in. Stop in when you can with that $10 seat and watch what you want when you want um, or when it's airing. And uh, kind of like as if you were at a real summit, you know, you wouldn't be able to necessarily go see somebody that had already spoken, but we will have that upgrade feature so you can go back. Ah, yeah, so, so there's options. There are options. Love options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there will be options. So I'll have uh, more of that, that info for you soon. Uh, so that people could sign up. And then if you are involved, you're going to want to send that out to your community. So they will get a link. If you are involved, you're going to, you're going to be sending them a link of where they can go to see you speak. So if you're interested, stay tuned. Well, good luck. That sounds like uh, something that can really help uh, even, you know, get the industry better than it already is. Yeah. And you're working together. I mean, honestly, I've been doing this a while and it's the one industry I've ever been a part of where, you don't, there's no negative for collaborating with a fellow fantasy football site or analyst. You don't lose any, there's so much opportunity for people to follow multiple people. And uh, I think it only enhances all of us to cross pollinate our, our populations of people, let them overlap and, and learn from everybody because uh, yeah, like you said, it's going to make the industry, you know, better and, and get us all collaborating and trying to provide even more, you know, accurate, more, out of the box type thinking content to, to the followers. So yeah, I agree. I, I, the only point I have to point here is that, you know, I, I like you, Smitty, you're a nice guy, but I don't know if I can cross pollinate with you, buddy. Um, <laughs> just not sure you're my type, but you know, Hey, we all have a type. Um, <laughs> uh, look folks, we, we appreciate you coming out and listen to us every Friday night. If you're here on YouTube, if not, uh, feel free to listen to us on iTunes, on you know Stitcher, on Google, uh, I you know Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Please though, you know, feel free to to give us a a comment or give us a thumbs up or give us a rating. You know, I'm not going to tell you to give us a five star rating. Give us what you think we're we're worth, and you know, just don't really drag Frank down in the comments. Okay. We're, we're working on it. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Jim, but if you, I don't know if you want to have uh, some of this content on a different channel or not, if you don't, that's cool, but I'd be more than willing to throw this on my channel. If you give me a copy of it. Um, oh, know. absolutely. I'll, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, that way my, my users would love to get the interaction and get to know you guys. It kind of opens the door to, to more audience for you guys. So yeah, send me, yeah, uh, send me a copy. Good. Absolutely. We'll do that. Uh, guys, uh, thank you for spending Friday nights with us. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, we are out. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good weekend, folks. Thanks, guys. Later, y'all. Twas the night before week one and all through the house. Not a fantasy leaguer was stirring. Not even a mouse. 
The depth charts were hung. You drafted with care in hopes that Todd Gurley and his knee would be there. Fantasy drafters were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of touchdowns danced in their heads. Fantasy lineups were set, submit buttons were tapped, expectations of winning, the prize money all wrapped. When out during pregame, there arose such a clatter, girly owners sprang from their beds to see what was the matter. Turning on ESPN and Fox Sports with a flash, images of bleeding out cold, hard cash. Todd Gurley was limping like he was running in snow. Thoughts of high hopes, oh where did they go? When what to your wondering eyes did appear, but a miniature man, 5'9", with no fear. He had speed, acceleration, damn he was quick. You knew in that moment, hell, that ain't St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his quickness then came. And he whistled and shouted and said, Say my name. You yelled, Hendy, quick Daryl, I'll call you what you please. He said, D. Henderson's the name, now get on your mother knees. To the top of the lineup, the stats would grow tall. As hopes of Todd Gurley, crashing they'd fall. So depression set in. What the hell did you do? You drafted Todd Gurley, you dumb, miserable poo. You drafted him despite warnings. You thought you were tough. You didn't even listen to draft his handcuff. With league safe now full of entry fee dues, you yell out, WTF, I don't want to lose. And thoughts of league banter, the joke you will be, all because you trusted Todd Gurley. Amazingly, Henderson carries the Rams on his back. You feel like you've just been kicked in the sack. The writing is on the wall. You get no pity. Next time you will listen to the one they call Smitty. Henderson is going to ball. Don't judge by his height. Happy Christmas and week one. And to all, a good night. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show.